Welcome to Rap in Order, the interrogation of a hip-hop album, where we take some of the culture's most beloved hip-hop albums, put them on the stand, see if they stood the test of time. Now let's see who we got on the stand today. Prosecute the offenders. These are their stories. Welcome to another episode of Rap in Order. I'm First Class Reg. I'm Torian B. How you doing today, brother? I'm doing good, man. No what shirt? What shirt we got? Oh, you know, Ant Man comes out this week. Oh yeah, ain't no thing. Yeah, you know, yeah, ain't no thing. But chicken wing for the Kang. <laughs> Jonathan Majors about to have um, Scott Lang go through it. Yeah, about man. To put him in that pack. Yeah, man, with them big high stepper boots. Bruh. Yeah, man. Um, I've been trying to avoid all the little clips that are coming out. How's that been working out for you? It's been you working seen? magnificently. Uh, because truthfully, now um, I don't like surf Twitter. I just mm-hmm. let the group chats tell me what's going on on mm-hmm. Twitter. Um, I feel like uh, in our comic book chat, we've argued with the guys enough to not share spoilers. Yeah, yeah. Um, so everybody knows. And our, well, our chat standard, shout out to the guys, our chat standard is no later and no sooner than that Monday. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, like, for we movies. don't hear about, yeah, for movies. So, we don't hear about spoilers, none of that shit. You drop an additional trailer, that's even off, off grounds. You get two trailer limit, three trailers. That's like kind of od. Like mm-hmm. we we don't want none of that. Um, but yeah, needless to say, we waiting. Jonathan Major's about to kill it. You know, um, this is about to set up phase four. Phase four. Yes, in a in a four. in a big way. So um, but that's ne- that's neither here nor there. What we're here for today is to get into this victory lap album um, from Nipsey Hussle, which was his official studio album. It was released in 2018. Um, through the All Money In, No Money Out uh, label and under Atlantic Records, of course. You got Diddy on this. You got, uh, you got who else? You got, you got Coming Kendrick Out Party for Kend- Kendrick. Well, not not Coming Out Party, but um, Coming Out Party for uh, Roddy Rich. Yeah, Roddy Rich, Kendrick, YG. Mm-hmm. Um, who else was on here? Um, I'm trying to think. Out of out of those standouts, well, that's to me those were the three those were the big those were the big standouts on the album. Um, but then, but the production on this really really held the standard of Nipsey's ear for production. I think wasn't even talked about enough because I think he I think up until this point, you know, he was still leaning into his superstardom. This was the album that was about to take him out of here, right? Um, I know that with the making of this album, he built the studio. Mm-hmm. And actually, like, had his team like work together because he wanted to have that feeling of how like when um, Puff back in the days with the Hitman at, at, at Daddy's house at Daddy's house, yeah, he wanted to recreate what like Barry Gordy did at Hitsville, USA, mm-hmm. like, um, and and you know with Birdman at Cash Money, and you know basically like what what the the essence of like what a lot of um, great labels did with their with their production and create crafting their sound, yeah, and how it was all synonymous to this one space yeah. that they all worked in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get that. Mm-hmm. Um I think with Nipsey, Nipsey's an interesting West Coast figure, right? Because he's one of those that there was a point where him as a person was bigger than his music. So like yeah. um he was like this this renowned West Coast figure, like this this very well respected West Coast figure. And um it got to a point where I think up until Victory Lap 
where how he was seen in public was about to match his music mm-hmm. and that is what that was the sweet spot that's where that's what everybody was waiting for i think if you were a fan of nip um but with this album it was such a and the title everything it was such a like moment for him um and i think and it, and it was one of those things that he was able to appreciate the the um the service and the respect of it while he was still here and yeah. before he passed so i thought that was big um for me, with Nipsey Hussle, what I thought was great was how much like he bet on himself. Mm-hmm. Um, he constantly like tells the story of how like he had to deal with Epic and he got out of it, and then he kind of like got back into street shit, and then you know came back out. It was like the demand for his music was so high, that's when he created the Proud to Pay program, and like mm-hmm. he, and I think what really pivoted his career was when he put out the um, the Crenshaw project. And like he charged a hundred dollars, hundred dollars, yeah. And it came with certain things, and it was like at first, it's like when you hear it, you're like, "Who the fuck does this guy think he is?" Like to sell a record for a hundred dollars, but like basically, like he kind of was giving out like the, the the package deal of what you would get anyway if you went to a uh, uh, autograph signing for an artist. Mm-hmm. You know, he was saying like, "Yo, if you're in the na- if you're in in LA, the LA area, you can meet me. You get an autograph." copy of it and you get to take a picture with me and you get to shop in the Marathon store. Mm-hmm. Right? So and then obviously there's fans that weren't there and you know they got an autographed copy of, of the album and everything like that. But he he was so enterprising that like Jay Z got wind of this and remember this got caught up in a news cycle as well as when the Magna Carta Holy Grail project came out. Jay Z bought I think I think he bought what was it? Was he it ten like copies 100, or fifty copies? I it was, thought it was a hundred copies. I he thought, bought a hundred copies? Yeah. Okay. May, yeah you're right because it was ten thousand yeah. they pay him. Right, so Jay bought a hundred copies of the project, right? And I just think that that tells you right there that like what people thought about his business mind and the things that he was doing, like that Jay felt like it was necessary to support him because it's kind of like yo, if the demand is that high for it, like what's the problem? You know, what I'm saying if it's an artist that you like, and like me getting into like vinyl records now, I, I definitely think like for a CD, especially back then, I mean. I guess like as time goes on, like our kids will look at CDs as like a vintage thing. Mm-hmm. But for vinyls, I definitely understand paying a hundred dollars for a vinyl record, mm-hmm. autographed by somebody that you think is like your favorite artist, and he was on hiatus for a little while. Brilliant. So I just think that that just added to his legend. Like he was the ultimate like entrepreneur rapper. A lot of these rappers say that they're entrepreneurs that they have a business mind, whereas Nipsey Hussle really, 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 you know, took took himself seriously. And bet on himself. And I think that was like the most appealing thing about him that so many people gravitated towards. I think so too. I think I think it's one of those things that um that put more eyes on him and um people people became curious, right? And you always want people to remain curious with your art because it's gonna have them tapping in. Um I think around that time, even though even I did see I remember that time so vividly because there were either people that were like, yo, I respect this, or people were like, yo, this is fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. And then they went and downloaded it. Either way, it had your attention. They went and illegally downloaded it just to say they didn't pay, yeah. which is just, you know, which is disrespectful to his art. But at the same time, I'm pretty sure he anticipated that because mm-hmm. he still had more eyes on him. Um, I know leading up to this album, it was like the perfect storm. You had um, this was my first time hearing Roddy Rich. This was my first time paying attention to who he was mm-hmm. on um on on the song that they had had together with Rax in the middle, which was like the kickoff to this album coming out. Yeah. Um, it was a perfect storm. It was produced by Hit Boy. You had a new artist like Roddy that was about to branch out. 
You had Nipsey, who's been around forever. He's had songs with all these solidified artists over the years. You know, mm-hmm. you got, you got. He had a track Gambino at one point. He had um, he had music with Drake when yeah. Drake was still Killers. coming up. Killers, yeah. Um, when Drake was still coming up, so he was like the rite of passage for a lot of artists when they on their come up stories, especially when they were trying to branch out to the West Coast. And isn't isn't he arguably a part of the greatest freshman class? Yes. Uh, what year was that? Was that two thousand? Let me see. Yes, little ladies and gentlemen, we were finding out in real time. Mm-hmm. Um, it had to be before twenty thirteen. Let me it's see. Before twenty thirteen. So Let me see. Twenty eleven. Nipsey, twenty ten. Okay, he was a twenty ten class. Mm-hmm. Some yeah, people, some people argue that the 2010 class is the greatest freshman class. 2010, bro. So you had you had J Cole on there. You had Nipsey. You had Wiz, <laughs> OJ the Juice Man, um, Big Gibbs. Sean, Freddie Gibbs, J Rock. Yeah, this this class was incredible, and um, and he was right there front and center. Um, Nipsey Nipsey's been at this for a minute, and I think with his with his mixtapes and everything, he just seemed. He just seems so sure of himself. Even yeah. even when you look at him on the cover, it's like, yeah, finally for y'all niggas, yeah. you know, like <laughs> it's like knew. y'all are catching up. You know, yeah. he knew he knew his greatness, and and his greatness doesn't. His greatness is very different in, in, when it comes to hip hop because it's not it's not it's not narrowed in and focused on just skill of rap. Because he was a good he was a good rapper, but it's more so about his message. Yeah. So it's about his message and his content. Um, that's there that puts him at the focal point. Right. Um, I also one thing that I also like really admired about him was like how he respectfully went out of his way to make sure that the Snoop Dogg comparison stopped at them just being California natives. Mm-hmm. Like he turned down like Snoop specially requested him to play him in Straight Outta Compton. He turned down Snoop like you said like respectfully. Like, yeah. I turned that down. I also got help, and they're both Crips. Um, you know, like he, whenever people compare him to Snoop, like he always would like correct them and tell them why they were different, but like always like held respect for Snoop. And like, I always thought that that was like brilliant because, you know, you have a lot of artists that would have loved to be compared to Snoop and just Mm -hmm. piggybacked off that. And like, just, and Snoop is such a cool dude. If he fuck with you, he just would like have you around. Yeah. Nipsey never wanted that. I'm pretty sure Nipsey could have got Snoop to get him a deal, anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, off of their relationships. And, like, he just didn't. Like, he he really, like, stayed to... Like, he really, like, took his own route and did it himself. And, like, mm-hmm. that's another thing that, like, really admire about him. And um, that was just really cool to me. But um, this album is the album that, like, I, like, really, really enjoy and live with for a while. And it's funny because after this... After he passed, I was in L.A. the following week. Mm-hmm. And I remember I, that, yeah. And I had a rental car. So, like, riding around L.A., I'm playing his album, and then you're hearing his album in other places and seeing, like, all the murals that were erect. Like, he passed away by on a, what was it, a Sunday or something like that? By Wednesday, murals everywhere for him. Yeah. Like, being like, all over the place. Like, I went to the Marathon store and, like, went and, like, lit a candle for him and everything like that. I just think that that man's impact was, like, Second to none, and like I think that like that that's why like the outpour for like him after he passed was like so large. Even if you didn't know his music, 
like you respected something. You, it was something that you saw about him, or something that like you read that he said that you respect about him from the victory slap, mm-hmm. <laughs> from when the Lakers almost got into the Houston Rockets and yeah, he was on the side pulling his up. pants up, like yeah. yo, what we like, doing? You know, like from how people saw how he treated Lauren London. Mm-hmm. I think like you know. uh there was a uh, you know a little controversy because on Family Guy. I was just about to bring that up. Yeah, they made that reference saying like you know he's a rapper that only people cared about because he passed away. But I think that if you saw Nipsey Hussle, you 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 instantly respected him for whatever he did, even if it wasn't rapping. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like what, what stood out about him. And sometimes like I think that that matters. Like sometimes like respecting the man versus like what what they respecting what they do sometimes. You know, I think it matters a little bit more. Like he was respected just for like existing and like doing things that you know some people would consider like a stand up kind of person. Mm-hmm. And I think that that that's the importance of his legacy is that people saw him do things, and nine times out of ten, it was leaning on like the right side of things. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And and there was a lot of um. There's a lot of room for improvement with him too that mm-hmm. he was super open about and just yeah. learning to better himself and through his music and you can tell the way that he was elevating. Like you see that in other places too where, you know, if you followed whole from literally from like 96 up until like where he is oh, now, you know, it's a completely, it's a different person. And, um, you know, the respect level that he has grew with that. And when you when you get somebody like Hov, and you get him to exemplify the type of respect that he has for Nip, you know, I, I'm pretty sure in a lot of ways he saw a lot of himself in somebody like Nip. Yeah. That believes in themselves, that put that money into themselves, that, you know, was 10 toes down, like, at all times. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Because they, 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 they were, like, they said at one point that he would, that he would text Jay every morning, like, top of the top. Like, mm-hmm. they were having conversations regularly. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of things was on the horizon for them to like do a lot of business together and work together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so too. Um, but in the in the fold of the album, because obviously we have we can talk yeah. endlessly about Nip. Um, kicks off with Victory Lap, which is a very strong opening. Yeah, I think. So um, I wrote it down. I said the yeah, same thing. it's a it's super strong. It's super like statement big. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like I said, like his whole branding of. Marathon and everything, and this being called Victory Lap, it just all just worked. Um, the production is so grand. What what you got for this? Um, the opening, I'm I'm prolific. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm prolific, so gifted. So gifted. I just think that that like right there just lets you know like, oh shit, like you know, he kind of just commands respect, mm-hmm. and I think that he knew he had a way with words, and like it, he was also known to be like an avid reader, and mm-hmm. like he listened to a lot of podcasts and stuff like that. So I think that he just he knew that words was powerful and he was a big Pac fan. Yeah. And if you know anything about Pac, Pac knew that words meant something mm-hmm. versus like, you know, rhyming them together. So in hip hop, like, you know, everybody has like their different ways of getting their points across. And I think, like you said, Nip wasn't the best rapper, but he knew how, what to say to like hit a chord. Mm-hmm. And I think Nipsey really understood that. Like, I think so too. Um that, that I wish you wanna know what? I wish Rick Ross was on this track. On this, I can hear Ross on this. I could. Um, yeah, I can hear Ross on this. I wish Ross was on it. Um, obviously, we're not going to go track for track. And mm-hmm. I'm not taking Reggie's job. I know that's Reggie's job to go to keep it moving along. Mm-hmm. But, yo, 
Rap Niggas is my favorite Nipsey Hussle song of all time. I just want to tell you right now, when I hear this song, I want to find a bulletproof vest, take off my shirt, and just go outside with, with my with my toy gun, my, my super soaker, and just be just screaming to the top of my lungs. Like, I don't, you you don't understand. Like, this song, <laughs> Rap Niggas is such a statement. Rap Niggas is so, it, Rap Niggas is big. To Yo. follow to follow Victory Lap, it, you needed another big one, and I think Yo, this one is it. I love that song. Like mm. you don't understand. Like I played that song at ignorant. I'm not. Even, I'm not even a person that listens to music loud. I played that song at ignorant levels and just getting in my zone because I love that song so much. I just think it's one of the best songs ever. Like period. Like like some people like ask me like, yo, what do you think some of the, the hundred greatest songs is? I'm putting rap niggas in, rap niggas in there. It might not be number one, <laughs> but it's one of my. Hundred greatest songs ever made. It's produced by DJ Khalil, um, Mike Keys, Rance, and it sa- it sounds like um, it reminds me of like it's super super West Coast. Like yeah. I, and I'm trying to I can't put my finger on it because I think what it reminds me of all the songs it reminds me of they kind of like bleed together a little bit. Yeah, but. It's super West Coast. It's super fucking like it sounds like some NWA type shit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love this record. Like yeah. that, even the way it opens. I ain't nothing like you fucking rap niggas. Like it's super like, like yes, nigga. Like this is it's divisive, yeah. but it's at the same time you can sing along to it. Like it's it's just great. Yeah, it's love just it. great. I love I love I love some some ignorance on the album sometimes. <sighs> I love it all the time. It's fucking <laughs> it's fucking phenomenal. Um. Shit, last time that I checked, talk about that one too. Um, it it it, uh, it features YG, rightfully yeah. so. That was his homie. Um, I think last time that I checked is so like YG has kind of carved out. Say what you want about him, he's been Style around. Icon, that's what I'll say about him. He's been <laughs> he's been around for a really good amount of time now. Like I mean, back in twenty thirteen. I want to say is when my crazy life came out mm-hmm. because 2012 was a uh, good kid, Mad City. Um, wait, what what was the name of the album? Was it My Crazy Life? My Crazy Life. My Crazy Life came out, and it was kind of the opposite end um, of okay, Kendrick's album yeah. because it told it told the story so fucking well, and yeah. I don't think people people realized that he was a, he was gonna be a good storyteller or even sequence the album that well, right? So um so he was kind of a surprise artist and I'm not going to lie I'm actually surprised about how long he's been able to stick around. I'm not cuz his music keeps developing in different ways. Um I think I think um Jeezy's mentorship for him was like pivotal. Mm. Cuz Jeezy actually got him out of LA. And I think I think Jeezy garnered that much respect from from somebody like YG, right? And I think that's the reason why like YG isn't um, in the predicaments that like some of his peers are, mm. because um, you know he had some of the right people around him um, be able to like have him remove himself from certain things and like you know also expand his horizons. Mm-hmm. Like we can see like what he's going on like with his like journey through like fashion. Mm-hmm. He's being exposed to a lot of different shit, and I just think that that's dope. And I think that like he's carved out a lane for himself. And uh, I fucking love YG. YG and he's, thank you. He actually is. He drops really good merch, low key. Yeah, he does. He he drops dope merch. You got like a shirt from him, right? Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's dress. What I forgot what it say, but yeah, uh, everybody likes it because at the end of it it says one boo. Oh yeah, <laughs> let's yeah, yeah. Dress, let, let, most sex, mo, um, most sex, less stress. One boo. <laughs> say all that shit on yeah. there. Everybody like that shirt. Um, yeah. So that song is solid. 
I the way that you feel about rap niggas, I like young nigga. Okay. Young nigga is solid. Okay. Features Diddy. Yeah. Popping his shit a little bit. The production is so clean. Um, Nip gets in this pocket where he's just flowing toward the end. Mm-hmm. And then you just hear Diddy in the back, like, yeah. 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 And like he just like it just feels it's yeah. a it's such a sweet moment on dope. this album. He uh because you know there's a story like that he reached out to Puff, like, yo, I want you to like get on track of my album, yeah. my album. And Puff picked this song mm-hmm. for it to be that. And and Puff is credited as an executive producer mm-hmm. on the album. Mm-hmm. Um what I like really is that like the story that he tells on the song. So a lot of people have heard this story that like, you know, his brother hustled Black Sam mm-hmm. and that he buried money in his grandmother's backyard. But that he didn't know. I guess he didn't put it in like. Well, I think like it would have got messed up plastic bags or not. But like they didn't prepare it properly. So the 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 money got like tore up by like worms and like ate by like bugs and stuff like that. So when they dug the money up, they was trying to like piece the money back together because all this money had got ruined because it was underground. Mm-hmm. And saying like it was it was a lot of money that Black Sam had buried in his grandmother's um, backyard and like that they didn't know what they was going to do because they was like, yo, all this money that we thought he had, like, it's fucking gone. And like, he remembers like feeling helpless and telling that story in this song, you know, I thought it was really dope. Yeah. Um, just and the way, yeah, tell, yeah, the way that he told it was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, another, another part of this album, dedication is solid too. Like the first, <laughs> like the first, I would say like the first eight songs are so fucking strong on yeah, this album. Um, Dedication, of course, features Kendrick Lamar. Mm-hmm. It's produced by uh, God, Rance, and um, Mike and Keys, mm-hmm. Axel Foley. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, man, this this shit solid fucking verse from Kendrick. It's amazing. Like yeah. he like it just flows. Another story. Mm-hmm. He told the story how like he sent Kendrick. He wanted Kendrick to get on another song, but the producers knew that this was the song they needed Kendrick to be on. So they, as a surprise, they gave the song to Kendrick. So when Nip and um, so when Nip and Kendrick saw each other, Kendrick said, saw, saw him and was like, "Yo, like I got you." And Kendrick and and Nip was like, "Oh, so you know?" So he named the song, and Kendrick was like, "Nah, um, dedication." And and Nip was like, "That's not." And Kendrick was like, "That's song doing, bro." And then like. Nip rap, I mean, and then Kendrick raps about the conversation that him, Top Dog, and Snoop Dogg had at the Tupac movie premiere together out there. And I just think that that's dope. That like basically like he was talking about Kendrick's writing process, like how how Kendrick kind of like sometimes like has to like draw off of things that like happen in the now mm-hmm. because like you know he doesn't want to keep telling the same stories from his childhood or things like that. Mm-hmm. So he thought that it was dope. Like he said when he listened to got the verse back, like oh shit, <laughs> that's what we talked about at the movies. You know what I'm saying with, with Top and Snoop. So, you know, I just think that that's pretty dope that uh, he was able to, like, get that and, like, you know, it kind of, like, they, it kind of ruined the surprise because it's yeah. a song. But like, I think that that's dope that, you know, him and Kendrick were able to, like, link and, like, Kendrick, like, told him, like, I'm doing this song for you. I got, like, I promise I promise you I'm going to put that stink on it. Like, and then they... That's fire. I love that Kendrick does that because um, he, he has... Kendrick has a history of doing that, too, where he'll take, like... Real conversations, and yeah. then the people that are involved would be the only ones that know. Mm-hmm. And it's not on some like this shit or nothing. It's just right. like a very niche reference yeah. that that person would get. Even um, I remember he has this verse on um on Perfect Pint from a Mike Will album, where where he uh he references a conversation that he had with B Dot from mm-hmm. um from Rap Radar, and nobody else caught it but B Dot, of course. Yeah. And then B Dot put up like a little snippet of it. It's mm-hmm. always those little sweet moments. Um, 
damn, it looks like I am going track for track. I'm gonna try to <laughs> shake it, but blue laces. To... Speaking of B-Dot, blue laces too. B dot loves this song, mm-hmm. like classically, because um, he love he love you know it, it's a it's a it's a sequel to Blue Laces, mm-hmm. and I think um, this song actually makes me emotional. This song actually oh, makes baby, me cry. It's been so and yeah. it ha- and it has yeah that's that the Willie Hutch um, sample from mm-hmm. it's from the Hospital Prelude of Love Theme mm-hmm. from the Foxy Brown soundtrack, and um, you know him telling like the story about like basically like you know they got into like a his high school they got into a fight and it turned into a shootout. His friend got shot and they had to take him to the hospital. Like he basically mm-hmm. t- like t- telling another story of like how he was telling his friend like man you gonna get your stripes after this like mm-hmm. you just got shot you gonna live man cut it out like you know they the girl that was driving the car was so frantic Nip had to drive and he's consoling his friend as he's driving mm-hmm. to the hospital. And I think that it's just brilliant that like Nip was like full of so many stories. But he would hold on to it because in interviews they were asking like, "Well, why are you telling this story in your other projects?" And he was like, "Some things you gotta hold on to because it's not yeah. right." Yeah, and it was like he was just full of like stories and things That's that big, like, happened to him to like just be able to tell these stories and like give references and everything. Like, yeah, back to like you know what I'm saying his, his gr- growing up and shit. Even as a yeah, and I think as a storyteller in general, it's important to do that because like you got somebody like um, Kendrick. When 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 Damn came out and he told that story on Duckworth, yeah, I was like, nigga, if I was a rapper, y'all would have heard that on my mixtapes. <laughs> but that nigga saved it to his third album to tell yeah. that story about like the collision of like how his dad and um and and um and Top Dog met, yeah, and and how that almost became something completely different, right? Um, I think that's so important to just and that's that's such a like. Mind, that's such a crazy mindset to be like, nah, they not, niggas not ready for this yet. Yeah, let me. I, I could flesh this out and tell this in a different way, and it looks a lot different when I'm at a different place yeah. in my life. That's fire. Right. Um, we gotta do us some motivate. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, after this, yeah, the way that it goes in the hustle and motivate, and the story behind hustle and motivate, right. the beat is. I let I let you tell that story. Yeah, I feel like so I've been um, storytelling all day. But no, so so hustle and motivate, um is a special one because mm-hmm. obviously we know the story or if you don't about how he secured the, the beat for this because you kind of have that um that hard knock life sample on here mm-hmm. and um and how hove kind of gave him the blessing of using it because hove had the foresight when he secured the sample to um to have anyone else in hip-hop have this sample as well mm-hmm. right is that yeah he, that was that was the uh the that was the the agreement yeah so um the way that this came together is kind of a and I appreciate the pitch of this so much because it's like it's slowed down mm-hmm. and there's more emphasis on the drums like I think what was the sweet spot about hard knock life back then was just you know so any any sample you know it wasn't done before right right so like so listening to this now and it's fitting so well with Nipsey's story um, and him leaning into it the way that he did. The chorus, everything. It just, like, worked. Even when he takes the bass out at the end. Like, it's just chef's it, kiss. Yeah, it is. It's also funny to me because, like, this was literally just, like, uh, there's so many there's so many stories of how DJs used to just use, like, instrumentals, like, in between, like, doing shit at shows. And like Kid Capri had this, and it would just be an instrumental, mm-hmm. like the the Hard Not Life beat, just playing like in oh between, yeah, like, like in between shows. shows, yeah, yeah. And I think that that's so funny. Like it went from that to like Jay Z making it his 
biggest selling mm-hmm. song ever. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like like years later down the line, like Nipsey, here comes Nipsey Hustle, does this song, he gets the blessing, and, and like then you find out the story that like, yo, Jay made it so that like any rapper, like any well, any artist period that wants to like use it is it's gonna get cleared. Okay. So um so yeah, so him having the foresight back then was was incredible and um and what and what Nipsey was able to do with this hustle and motivate song was just so solid. Mm-hmm. I don't think people even appreciate it or have watched a video like from back then for that he that he dropped to hustle yeah, and motivate. That's awesome. He has some dope videos. He had some album. great videos for this album. He had um he also had Lauren London as his of course as his love interest in this yeah. uh, in this uh video. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, man. Do you want to get into the next song, or you want to skip around? Let's skip around now. Okay. I feel like now we. I think like, yeah. Like now the, we can. The first seven songs were just very important. Yeah. And I think that says a lot about an album when you get in. It's the first seven, seven songs, songs are undeniable. They all went together. There was no way that I couldn't talk about one without the other. Yeah. Um, Keys to the City, Keys to the City Two, rather. Mm-hmm. It's pretty. It, it features T Fly, or T Flea. No, it's T Fly. What you think of this one? Um, so this is one of the songs that like uh, I'm not that like the I don't like the hook, mm-hmm. but my favorite part is at the end when the bitch the the, the bitch the beat switches up. Mm-hmm. Like I, I like it. It's it's cool. It's just like this is like one of like the low points for me on the album. Like this one and Status Symbol, are, okay, are two of my like low, okay. low points. Yeah, the album. I feel the same about Status Symbol. I don't really I don't really necessarily need it. There's another song on here. I can't think of the name right now, but I know it when I hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, that he kind of sounds like Meek. It's toward the end. I want to say it's real big. Pause. I want to <laughs> say the name of the song is real big. Um, no, no, no. That's not the one because that's with Marsha. That one. That one is. That one is solid. And then he has another song on here that I love. The track that he has with CeeLo. That's a really good song. Mm. Is that one? What's on that one? Is loaded bases. Loaded bases. Loaded bases with CeeLo is Chef's fucking kiss. Um, Jake won on the production. He knew he was on his way. Yeah, for that one, like he just he mm-hmm. knew what he was doing, and I just think that like Nip, Nip is Nip Nip Nip, Nip knew he was going to be a big artist, and he yeah. knew that he was going to be like one of the top rappers out, and I think like he was like kind of like going to fill the shoes of like a, I don't know, you know how we people always say like yo who's going to be like the next Jay Z or like fill in that. The reason why I can say, no, I'm not gonna say that. He was going to like basically be like a, a fill. He was going to like fill fill the void that that Jay Z was leaving, not lyrically, but like enterprising wise, mm-hmm. inspiring people to to kind of like be your own boss. Like he was the next. He was the evolution of that. So Jay, the, okay. So listen, mm-hmm. hear me out. Jay Z came out, start your own label, start your own clothing line, like that way, right? Nipsey was kind of going in the lane of like crypto and like owning like your own businesses and land and things like that. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about um, like and through his lyrics he did inspire people, but like I'm just saying that like obviously he's not he wasn't he's nowhere close to as being a good rapper as Jay Z. But the way that Jay Z was able to like motivate people and inspire people to be businessmen, mm-hmm. Nipsey was on that level, and I think that he was going to like finally crack the seal and like cross into that world. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of things that he was interested in, especially like crypto and tech. Yeah. And him being out in California, like the places where like the, those are, are the major things, I think was going to make a huge difference. I think so too. And just in general in hip hop, I think we have different tiers of that. Where we have we have a lot of people that um like Ross, Ross will inspire you in a different way. He'll inspire you because 
he's not necessarily pushing pushing you to do it, but he's showing you that he's done it. Right. And he's showing yeah. you what you can have. He's showing you the fruition. Yeah. Um, I say him and Jay-Z both do that. Like, yeah. They kind of like just motivate you to like work hard. They motivate you to work things. hard because you see them do it. And then if you're paying attention. And then um, you got somebody like, not necessarily on the tier of Nipsey, but like maybe like right under him of like that motivation of like, pushing you to do it is Larry June from like the the newer perspective because mm-hmm. he'll push you to focus on getting it and then he also makes money from his touring and mm-hmm. and um from his merch and his he, messaging I think Larry inspires people to live a better lifestyle yeah that's better very, lifestyle very very big like healthy lifestyle. yeah he'll say shit like don't check me check your credit score like mm-hmm. he'll say shit like that um and and like he always he's like yo if you're listening to this I want you to be healthy whatever whatever so like mm-hmm. it's on that same type of level of inspirational type music but still telling the story mm-hmm. um so there's different tiers of that in hip hop which I really appreciate but you're right like right under right under Hove and his type of messaging that he's into now because it didn't really reach the level that is at now until four 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 where he where he would talk about like invest in this, invest in properties. It became so he would like sprinkle it before. But now it's like his full on like focus. It's hilarious because it's not even him it wasn't even that that he was sprinkling it. It's just that like his lead singles would be so big and it wasn't about that stuff that mm-hmm. we didn't like listen to the album. Mm-hmm. Like you you missed a lot. But like it's funny because Jay been like on that kind of time for like mad long. Yeah. It's funny, yeah. Like to hear that. But like yeah, I think I think Nip really cut through and just had that he he just he was known for it, mm-hmm. and like people just gave him like yo like Nip has put me on to this and like even like um the, I forgot I forgot his last name but there's a there's a young man his name is Idris that works in the tech in the tech world now that was very working very closely with Nip and like the things that Nip was trying to do, um and you know like did you know that like Nipsey Hussle basically like has like hit like he he essentially created something the same thing like as what we work is like it's a workspace place out there in california mm-hmm. and like um somebody like me and you can be like yo i need to we need like a, a work area to like rent for a couple hours or whatever time you can go in there you can rent it and like they have like all the computers every like all the resources that you need to like work and like do research and stuff like that like he he just had a vision to do that and like you know they're trying to open up more in la and like he, he was basing them in like black communities because you know most people don't have computers or like have access to things mm-hmm. so like you can like come in there and like i think one the one floor is for like people to like rent it and then like another one is like open to like kids like mm-hmm. after school and stuff mm-hmm. like that that's but, big but i just think that like he was just putting his money where his mouth is and like getting like investors to do things yeah and i think that that's dope that's really that's big man mm-hmm. wow um Let's talk about how he closes this album. Okay. With Right Hand to God. Which is such a grand closing. Like it's like I think it, that, the, <clears throat> what it, you got for this? It was a it was like a proclamation. Like mm-hmm. like basically like he, he was promising, like he was basically saying, like, I'm gonna keep my word. You put your right you put your hand over your heart and say mm-hmm. to God. Like, I mean you put your hand up. And say like you know this to God like you put it on God like you got to do it. Mm-hmm. So I think that that was something that like he he was big on and like he was just saying like I'm gonna do this shit. Yeah. Um. So a tidbit here that I saw was um, right hand of God was originally supposed to serve as the intro for Nipsey's debut, since it, since in his opinion it sounded like a good introduction to the album. 
During the sequencing, though, his friend Kobe convinced him to put the titular track "Victory Lap" first. So I think I think that was a great call. Yeah, um, because "Right Hand to God" is such a like, it's such a handoff. Yeah, it's such a handoff to everything to this whole experience for this album, you know, Mm -hmm. and everything that he talked about, all the inspiration, everything that he was living up to, everything that he preaches. You know, it was kind of it was a great close off. Now. We talked about one of the songs that you're not that big of a fan of. Mm-hmm. Are there any other songs that you would take off of this? If you had to, if you had to nitpick and say, "Yo, I don't really need this." Um, status symbol, keys, keys to the city. Um, just those two songs. Like I just didn't. Oh, and real big. Okay. So three songs, mm-hmm. I just really didn't. Um, I wasn't a fan of on the album, and I think mm-hmm. that's okay. I think I'm entitled to not feel three songs. Okay, um, I think, yeah, I think toward the end, the track with the dream, I'm not that big on. Um, Million, why you young? Okay, this is all right. I have another thing. I'm getting. I'm so fucking tired of the dream. What is it like as just, far as like just, as a like, feature? Well, I don't like his voice. Yeah, he's not his voice isn't that great, not for features at least. Um I'm just, I'm just yeah, I'm just Yeah. I like it. We, we love his writing. Yeah. Love his writing. writing is great. I think he is one of those artists that um, you know, at this point I've heard enough of. Like I have enough content from the dream as a singer. I I never hear nothing and be like, yo, the dream would have been good on this. Like, nah. He can write. He can write his ass off. We know that. But yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, man. I think, man, it's just tired of seeing him all the time. <laughs> I am, you know. When I saw him accept that award for Beyonce at the Grand, I was like, God damn it. Man, I was so mad, bro. He got that new uh, that new hairline. Yo, man, I was so mad. I was pissed. Yeah, nah. I'm, I'm, I'm good on Dream. But um, I think if I was to nitpick, yes. Real big and... Million, million while you young. Um, nah, I love grinding all my life. Grinding all my life. Been grinding. Yeah. He got some this that's is a Shannon, that's a Shannon Sharp theme right there. This is <laughs> this is this is just it's just a well put together album. Um yeah. I can say though, I can say that that there's four songs that I can I can do without that you can on do this without. project. Mm-hmm. Um like like I don't see like it, it didn't like change anything, especially because that that first that first seven was so strong. Mm-hmm. Um but I, like I said, like I really enjoyed this project, and I really loved how he took his time making the project. Mm-hmm. And like I, I know this is like really selfish of me, but like I'm like curious. I'm like, oh, what else he had in the vault? Because he had music that didn't come out. And that, um, it just makes me curious. Do you think he's gonna come out with any, or is this estate gonna come out with anything else for him? That's what like I hear like a lot of things, but like I don't, I don't know. All right, put it like this. Um, I'm okay if it doesn't, but then there's just like a fan of me, like yo, how much he had, like just sitting around. Mm-hmm. And who knows, man? Like I, I like What's... I'm torn. I'm torn with with that, like because you know a lot of people say like yo, stop putting out posthumous albums, like especially if the artist is not here. But it's just like I feel like Nip playing so far ahead. I feel like that the second album was done. What's your if you had to think off the top of your head? Because this is a left field question, so you didn't prepare. But if you had to think. What's your favorite posthumous album, excluding Life After Death? Excluding Life After Death. So you can't name Life After Death. So I was, uh, you know what? 
I wasn't mad at that Michael Jackson album that came out. Which one? Shit. The shit where he um with Wait, the Justin Timberlake song? Yeah. Love Never Felt So Good. That was okay. Love Never Felt So Good. Yeah, that was all right. Like, I'm really trying to think, like, because it's like, there's some artists that have had posthumous albums that I never knew was a posthumous album. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, people like uh, fucking Elvis or whatever like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. But um, when I think, like, if you put a gun to my head, I don't, I don't know. Uh, let's see here what we got. Oh, I take that back. Born mm-hmm. Again by the Notorious B.I.G. Oh, Biggie? That was a good one. That, he, that was a good one. Okay. Since you can't name that, that's fair. Um, damn. Don Caluminati. A lot of people like that one. Legends Never Die, Juice World. Yeah, we we've we might have to explore this topic later. Okay. Just so just so we can do a deep dive. Cause there's a lot of there's a lot of albums that were big. I mean, you got you got the shining from Dilla. Um, There's some albums that I didn't know because I was a kid when they came out, so I didn't know the time frame of mm-hmm. when that person died or whatever like that. Because mm-hmm. like I just saw that big L album on there, and I was like, "Damn, I didn't realize yeah. that came out after he died." I think I think um, I think Pac is one of the people that changed the perspective of posthumous albums. Of course, cause I think it has so he's much yeah, because he has so much, and I think he's the one that kind of inspired. A lot of these companies to dig in and say, "Hey, there's still content here," but I don't think it hits like how it used to. Ah, uh, pun yeah, baby. Pun yeah, baby was a big one. But these were a lot of well, Pop Smoke, "Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon" was really was really big for him. Um, but yeah, these albums aren't really. Excuse me, these albums don't have the same effect like they did because mm-hmm. Big Picture was like. Big Picture was big because I think it was a lot of people's introduction to Big L because yeah. he wasn't really there yet. Yeah. That's so, another thing. A lot of these artists, like these albums were done and then the artist died. So yeah. it was like easier. But I think it's always different like when an artist dies and then they piece together a project yeah. to make an album. And then it feels sloppy. Yeah. yeah. That's that's like a thing where like I'm always like on the fence about it, like wondering like, all right, like should they do this? That's why like, I, I can't say like with Nipsey, like unless like... If Nipsey had a project where he was like, oh, this is my next album, like I'm done already, mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. But yeah. if they got a piece together an album, don't do it. Just leave it alone. Yeah. I feel you. Um, so getting to your rating now, what do you what do you rate this album? Um obviously I'm super duper biased. Like I think people people know no res. I didn't write it down. I was just trying to see if I wrote it. I was, yeah, yeah. I didn't write it down. Um, but I give this album a four out of five waffles. Um I don't. I don't want to like sit here and like pander and say, "Oh, it's a classic," because this is that's this is one of the albums that like I really, really, really love. Like mm-hmm. I truly love this album, but um, you know, I just gonna be realistic and just say that this album I think is four out of five waffles. I think that this album is probably one of the best albums that came out in 2018. Mm-hmm. Not because he died, because it was that fucking good. The first seven songs on the album are so strong. And I just think that the impact that um, this project had, like, I feel like I wish he was still here so we can, like, you know what I'm saying, like, see what else he was doing. But, like, if this was going to be the last project, I'm cool with that. I agree. I I, um, I actually agree with that rating, too. It's a it's four out of five feels solid for this album. Um, you know, whenever you leave an album wanting more from that person and just a development, that's always a good sign. Mm-hmm. I think I think Nip. Was just getting to that to that place where he was gonna be. He was already very well respected, and like I said earlier, um, I think his uh, his lore and his legacy 
as a person was just matching up with his music, which was which would have been a sweet spot for him. I think um I think this album proved his stardom, and um it just sucks that you know we didn't we didn't get more of that. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah, but um but I agree with that rating. Obviously, we do recommend that you. We're not gonna do an album like this of this magnitude if we don't recommend that you guys check it out. So check it out for yourself. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you disagree or if you agree with what we're saying. I'm First Class Reg. I'm Tori and B. And we are out of here. Dun, dun.